Welcome back to the Risk Report. This is episode number 50. Ooh. I'm back, motherfuckers, and I'm back with one of the coolest dudes I've ever met in my life. The shamanistic <laughs> Trey Dark. Uh. <sighs> What's yeah, up, I've, man? I've, I've spoken about you before in a couple podcasts, you know, just letting people know how insanely talented you are yeah i heard you talking shit too i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i always talk shit too a little bit um but yeah man how's everything been it's been it's been a minute i know we did we got to work on a couple tracks you know was it two weeks ago now three weeks ago now yeah man we got a couple more going but Mm -hmm. i I usually kind of like to keep my moves hush you know i don't you know i'm not no you know no disrespect and stuff like that it's just like uh, i don't want to accidentally I have a belief that sometimes I accidentally quench my blessings by talking about it a lot, you know? I, yeah, I feel that too sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, like I've been watching a lot of the UFC stuff and the fighting and that, that type of game. It's like these people, they talk a lot of shit. Yep. And then it just – sometimes it pans out. out. Sometimes <laughs> it doesn't pan out. Sometimes you talk a lot of shit and you don't get it done. It's yeah, – you look – you know, the fuck you, out. Yeah. So yeah. I understand that. I like, I like the uh, – don't talk about it. Be about the don't it. talk about it. Be about it. Just you know, just work at it, and then when you put it out, you put it out. Yeah, man. Um, but you did put out uh, a beat tape for this year, right? It was uh, thank God it's over. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you just you put out that, a man. new single as well, almond milk, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I did that. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> Which I played a couple of those tracks, by the way. I played a couple of those tracks on the podcast, uh, oh, music man. spotlight podcast that I was doing. Oh man, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I forget which one, which ones exactly I showed, but it's there was definitely from the beat tape. I think I showed two of them. That's all good, man. Thank you very much for that. And um, one thing I can say that's definitely coming out. Uh, you mentioned Lorenzo. Uh, shout out to Influence Studios, good yeah, engineer. That boy. Uh, he and I, we share fun fact. We share the same birthday, which is July thirty first. So mm-hmm. on July thirty first, I'll be dropping. Another beat tape, just something simple, okay. minimal, more soundscapey and deep and meditative for the most part. Um, it's going to be simply called Summer. I know that's a very creative title, but <laughs> uh, Summer, just for summertime vibes and just a kind of birthday present to myself and just releasing more music to the world. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I, I look forward to checking that out. Yeah, You've been putting out all these um, Instagram videos, right? The reels or whatever. Yeah, are reels. Are you making these beats? Are some of those sample, like some of those little videos? Yeah. Are those going to be tracks on the beat tape? Uh, some of those are tracks. Uh, you know, that's weird because the Instagram thing. Ah, man, to answer your question, uh, some of those beats are things that are already on beat tapes. Some of those things are uh instrumentals that have been performed on already but haven't been put out yet mm-hmm. some of those things are maybe new fresh ideas that i'm working out 
on the fly and you know mm-hmm. yeah so just live djing almost yeah a little, a little live dj just a quick you know 30 second to 60 second performance because you know mm-hmm. wanted to take apart uh take advantage of the whole instagram reels thing when it first came out because you know they you know when they put out anything new they boost the the outreach so crazy excuse me and um yeah so i wanted to take advantage of that and uh, really, it was somebody who kind of put me onto. It. It's like, yeah, why why don't you, you know, start, you know, getting in front of the camera and performing some of your beats for people? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I, nobody wants to see that, you know. Everybody, you know, you always scroll, you see people on the same piece of equipment, just right. mashing mashing buttons and turning knobs. It's like, how appealing can that be after a while? But I've had a lot of fun but with it. But it's got views. I, I looked on, you know, and you got a ton of views on each each of the videos, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you. When man. you talk about statistically the eyeballs looking at it, it shows you. So it's like oh, a lot of people are fucking digging it. And it just reminds me, too, that, you know, the, the always trust in yourself and invest mm-hmm. in yourself and get out of your own way or your own head about things and maybe fear, mm-hmm. you know, the fear of – uh uh what may be what you think is too weird for what you think people want to see but you'd be surprised a lot of people just you know how much certain things just resonate with other people and they reach out to you and go yeah man i agree or yeah i'm feeling that or yeah man i wish i made that beat before you did ha 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 mm-hmm. you know uh, it's it's a blessing to to touch people you know yeah. i wasn't uh haven't been really uh showcasing my music through instagram and or the likes of instagram for a long time it's Mm -hmm. probably literally been since the pandemic you know that i've done that like the beginning the genesis of the pandemic Mm -hmm. yeah it seemed like um during the pandemic for a lot of artists i had you know i had six cardinal over and we we worked on that on that song uh you're on your beat and Mm -hmm. um you know we talked about it and uh and I talked about it with other artists like Sam. It's, so it seems like for a lot of us, the COVID shit kind of did, you know, I wouldn't say slow us down or anything, but it put us in a different type of uh, creative space, you know, creative headspace. Hmm. And um, to the audience that's listening, you know, this is Trey Dark here is a fucking local legend. Like this man crushes any performance here, you know, in all of South Florida. He just such a good musician you know and so this is like good advice coming from a person who goes out you know and performs how how was it with the covid shit you know going from performing all the time i know you're still performing but mm-hmm. has it slowed down how is it how's it been out in the in the world now since the whole pandemic i know everybody's story is a little different um i will say mine is definitely different i'm one of the few that can say that this pandemic has been more creatively a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, well, for those of you who don't know, um, I played drums primarily and a DJ on the side. And, you know, until recently, more for fun, I, you know, produce music and all that other stuff, right? Um, so primarily my line of work, which is, uh, I'm in a few different cover bands, which if you don't know, it's like when you go to a bar and there's somebody performing like 
you know, uh, the, the hits and stuff like Bon Jovi. And maybe you're like, oh, my God, this band's terrible. I'm that, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I'm playing drums in one of those bands. And that's and primarily. Oh, man. That's <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, that's that's um, that's my primary source of income. That part slowed down a, quite a bit in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, there were some bars out there where there was a little work and especially when they started, you know, I think the second wave where they're starting to say that, uh, okay, it's okay to start going to certain establishments and just, you have to be seated and wear a mask all the time and only until you're eating kind of type thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm blessed to be in a, a performance situation where I, it's mostly duo. It's a good friend of mine. Chase Stites and myself, he plays guitar, I play drums, and we both sing. So for certain establishments, you know, they were struggling too, so with the money and all that, so it's kind of hard to really fund a lot of bands, so we were blessed to get in there as a two-piece and keep rocking. And before and during the pandemic, uh, my lifestyle in general was it's just music all around. So mm -hmm. when I am not performing and the money I get from performing and, and, you know, we're talking like many days a week, weekly, uh, in between that, I have a good amount of downtime for myself and to work on myself and, uh, make beats right. and mix and do a lot of things. Just keep working on the craft. Just keep working on the craft, you know, which has been, a blessing. So the yeah. pandemic, you know, when, when it was, things are really tough to me, it kind of, it got, it, it got to a point where I felt very blessed in the sense to where I actually had more time to invest in my, my creative craft. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I mean, I feel like it did that to me as well. I slowed down and I guess in my craft of music, but I think it was more so just going out performing and, I guess surrounding myself with the artists and that, you know, but as mm. far as like what the pandemic did for me is very similar. It, um, you know, it gave me more time to figure my shit out, do what I wanted to do, work on my craft, even though I have, you know, music and art and skating, I kind of just mm. kept working at everything. Right. And I started my little, my skate company and with my skate lessons and selling boards and shirts and clothing with, I got to get you a shirt before you leave. Oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be in the and next so, video. You know, it, it worked for me similarly. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how something like that can kind of come around and rather than it slow you down, what you did was adapt instead mm -hmm. of having a big band, you narrowed it down to two people. Okay. Mm -hmm. It'd be easier for the, clubs to pay us and you know you yeah. guys can you know you could crush it just you too so it's like yeah mm -hmm. and so you got to find ways to adapt oh, yeah. maybe this could be like a good segue um any tips for for young musicians i know as you talking <clears throat> about it just now you're what you're doing even subconsciously is kind of sprink sprinkling your you know your advice to other musicians your your knowledge of you know mm -hmm. like, you know how you got to work in, you know, four or five days, six days a week, fucking make, you know, performing music. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, 
you have any advice for young musicians, especially now in a, in a weird time like uh, this, if they're it, coming up? Advice in regards to the what? Like, uh, you know, let's say, uh, let's say a younger Trey, you know, like a younger drummer um, looking to maybe they didn't get to perform yet. You know, maybe okay. they just turned 18. Right. Okay. And they haven't really gone out there, but they have talent or maybe they're starting to make music. Mm-hmm. Any advice for a young man like that or young woman? Uh, in general, I would start by saying to believe in yourself, because if you don't believe in you, nobody else will believe in yourself. So you give somebody else and other people something to believe in. Um, if we're talking of just someone who's looking for how to make a band and how to get out there with a band maybe it's your material maybe it's trying to write together collectively as a band and perform and do all this other stuff dude i would say there are a lot of local jam sessions and open mics you just i guess kind of got and the beautiful thing about the internet now is that you can look up hashtags and things and ask around and that information comes back to you relatively quick (laughs) unlike now the beginning of when I started and um, find, you know, delve into that, delve into those local scenes, especially if uh, you have the free time to do so and the schedule to do so, because you have, you know, there might be an open mic on Monday and then there might be a jam on Tuesday. There might be, you know, something else on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, uh, devote yourself to it fully regardless uh, the, and when I say it, I mean your love and your zeal for the music and your passion for the music, because that'll carry you through. Um, this could be a long-winded thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, passion for sure. You know, first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, that's what's going to drive you. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many times starting up? I, I yeah, as you were talking about this, I was just having flashbacks of me starting up you know and like coming yeah. coming out to the funky buddha open mics I and that's those that's days. how i met you you know it's like you gotta just and a lot of the times 100 percent of the time maybe 99 percent of the time you gotta you're gonna go out there alone you know yeah you could try and bring your friends out or yeah. maybe even other artists that you that you might work with to hey let's go to this open mic and you know you think that might give you a little yeah. extra confidence but sometimes you really do just have to really push yourself and have the confidence within yourself and go. And, Hell yeah. and, and you know, and those have been the most, uh, I think, the most special time because it's just myself going out there. And then that's how I got the opportunity to meet guys like you and, you know, and everybody else. That, you know, that's how I met Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. And, that's how a lot of bands got started. Yeah, a lot of a bands. A lot of local bands. Started. I remember a lot of local bands and. A lot of people that we know today, the recording artists, some people were Grammy nominated, all that. They've they've all come through the same building, mm-hmm. and yeah. I've seen them start when they were just trying to figure things out. Yeah, and I hope I didn't cut you off. I'm no, sorry. no, 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 not but at yeah, all. Yeah, that's one thing I was gonna say uh, to carry off of what you're saying, though. Uh, another piece of advice would be be okay with not getting support from anybody. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you truly love this and this is what you love to do and this is like not something that i don't know i was just gonna see if it'll be a thing that works that's cool but 
you have to love this enough to be okay with only supporting yourself mm -hmm. because that mentality I find sees you through harder times when there may be a time that other people are either really asleep on what you have to offer or what you have to offer isn't resonating with certain groups of people, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you can't be afraid to, like anything in life. You can't be afraid to put yourself out yeah. there. Don't let it, don't let it get you down. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've all been in situations, of course, you get off the stage, you're like, damn, I could have done, I could have done this better. Or damn, I tripped up there and maybe the crowd didn't even notice or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be, you know, if you're involved in your craft, you're always going to have like uh, some sort of criticism to be, be better, right? But don't mm -hmm. let that ever bring you down enough to not ever go out there and, and do it again. You know, if it if it wasn't that you got the reaction from the crowd that you expected or wanted, you know, it's that's how you learn. You know, oh, yeah. that's how you learn. That um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, you finish what you were gonna I say. I completely forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh. I think that joint's hitting me. Hey, <laughs> no, but oh, actually, I know. Now I remember. Um, yeah, it just goes back to, you know, what you touched on was a lot, a lot of sh stuff that I speak on in this podcast in general is with this type of stuff, whether it's our music in this and what we're talking about now, it's music, you know, but I think it goes along with art and any sort of, you know, passionate career that you have, you know, something that involves craft and skill and, you know, time to work on, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to commit to it. Hey, mm. that's what I talk about a lot is that with this life that I, that I don't know if it chose me or if I chose it at times, because it's like, I made a fucking commitment. I knew at 18 years old when I was, all this was hitting me like art and music and skating. And then, you know, it all fucking came together and was like, this is, this is who I am. And I'm committing to it, whether I'm broke or whether it, you know, really yeah. pans out. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, probably the best piece of advice I guess you could say to anybody who's going to try and pursue music is yeah. just make the commitment that you're yeah. doing this for the love. You're not mm -hmm. doing it for anything else. You're doing this because this is who you are, you yeah. know, who you are. Who so you are, let's, yeah. so maybe, you know, talking about this, like how was it for you coming up? Um, when did it really start for you from, Ooh. did it start for you from a young age? Let's take it back. You know, let's oh, take man, it way back. That's a, that's a ways back player <laughs> uh as i said before i played drums pr drums primarily so i grew up in the church and church if you know anything about gospel music and things like that uh, a lot of the church culture in general they are usually very embracing to uh, to the younger generations about learning the arts whether it be an instrument or singing and things like that and super supportive and Depending on the church you go through, go to, they may, might be like, well, uh, you know, little kid, you can go ahead and get this one song. I got to run and use the bathroom. Yeah. They just <laughs> and, throw you to the wolves. Throw right? you in there. And, you know, you, you do your best, man. Mm -hmm. Some, and sometimes already knowing where you're at um, in, in that craft, you know, the they might, you know, the choir and the choir director, they might just end up go, okay, well, we're going to take it down tempo and do it mm -hmm. like this just so they can follow along depending mm -hmm. on how, how young they are and all that. But yeah, I, I, I grew up in the church. Um, my uncle was a pastor, just like a father to me. And uh, what ends up happening is he saw the gift and decided to 
nurture it. You know, I was two. And uh, around about five years old, when I got to be five, he, well, he invested in a drum kit when I was two. And and they had another drum. Yeah. And in the church. And when I got got old enough, you know, I was able to play the drums at five. So they had some other kids, somebody, somebody's son in the church played until I was, so you know, let me ask you, mm-hmm. I don't mean to cut you off. I want you to continue your story, but cool. um, did he see like a type of rhythm that you had? Did he, did he notice that you were like, I don't know, more rhythmically in tune? Like what was it that he saw at two years of age that he, he was like, this kid's going to be a fucking musician, a drummer at that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, when my mother would, would bring myself, would bring, bring us to, my aunt and uncle's house. I'm always, I was always grabbing pens and pencils and little, you know, whatever phallic type uh-huh. instruments and things and just beat on everything until like, uh, like my aunt will tell the story to this day. I remember I had this little tin, uh, <laughs> little tin piece of, you know, bric brac, right? Yeah, yeah. Or is he, it has, still has a dent in it yeah. till this day. <sighs> I just and I'm just beating the shit out of everything, <laughs> and it's not like you know, you know, like a a, a little kid going pop, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. random things. It's like you know, there's always my my. I grew up with music and just gospel primarily. My my uh, family is just really into Christianity mm-hmm. and uh, believe in Jesus and whatnot. And yeah, so there's always gospel music, and my my dad happened to be the minister of music and had the every week pick songs for the choir to sing. So as those songs are playing for him to learn, I'm like playing along and tapping somewhat on time here and there, mm-hmm. you know, the best rhythm I guess I could keep at two years old. Mm-hmm. And my uncle's like, man, you, you, he's really got something going on there. Like, yeah. you, you know, Definitely like, we got a metronome. And stuff. You know, and then one <laughs> Christmas, I, one Christmas I got like a little, like a Sesame Street little one little drum. Yeah. And it came with like, you know, fake little drumsticks and I was on it, man. And I made my first debut with my little Christmas sweater on, sitting on the floor <laughs> in <crazy>. church. <laughs> you know. That's crazy. Playing the John P. So you just been playing your whole life. Yeah, man. What about um music at in terms of you know, when did you start creating your own? Uh started creating well see that that's a long story too <laughs> uh the best gift my one of my one of the best gifts my mom ever made uh gave me when i was a kid was a, a thing that was made by play school it was like mm-hmm. a little mr microphone uh-huh. it's like a little tape recorder that had a little uh that already dated me it had a tape recorder <laughs> cassette tape recorder with a little microphone on it and uh yeah i would always like record things and beatbox on it and just you know slobbering all over the microphone how old were you then man i was around the same age bracket between two and so five this is two and five so holy shit so you were just yeah you were getting and and you know when you were talking about the uh christian sorry i don't mean to cut you off but you it, it just had me cr- thinking some crazy shit because <laughs> you good you know yeah. specifically with you when i performed with you and we've you know really been on like everyone's on yeah. point and stuff. I've mm-hmm. I've explained it before as like being in the same frequency uh, with everybody, and it's like yeah. a very special thing. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, you, so you've been to heaven. You from a, yeah, yeah, you took me there, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucking, you said, this is the way. And, uh, yeah, so with the church, man, and you were doing it from such a young age, do you think that music is like something that people like tap into? And you mm. from a young age, you were just already able to tap into that type of frequency, that type of rhythm. Um, Cause it seems like this is just what you're meant to do. You know, I feel it's both. I feel it's both nurture over nature. I feel that there are people in history and time and even current present time that may have been uh, spiritually. It maybe it has been spiritually written that this is, a potential life path for a person or a gift but they need to work at it you know, everything of course mm -hmm. needs to be you know uh worked on and practiced mm -hmm. but then there are some people that end up getting inspired no matter what age that they you know end up liking whatever said craft and they actually get the support they need in order to figure out how to delve into it more you know, uh, me personally, you know, there's only two things I've ever wanted to be since I was a kid. And I'll say it, I've said it off there, but I've always wanted to be a musician and supply my means through music, by music. And the other thing, I've always wanted to be a father, you know. So one of those, are, <laughs> you know, one of those are fulfilled, you mm -hmm. know. So, um, yeah, man, uh, with the play school thing. As I said, my household growing up was always gospel music, but my mom, I guess, went on some date with my dad one day, and uh, the Rainforest Cafe, she'll tell. Oh, shit. Rain up in Orlando? I think so. <laughs> and she brought me back this little tape to play on my little Mr. Microphone cassette tape, yeah. and it was called Deep Forest. If you know, you know, right? Deep Forest. And I thought, well, she thought, she told me the story, she thought it was going to be like soundscapes and calming, soothing. Right. Like one of those CDs you put, you fucking hear rain and like, yeah, and and birds and you know, <laughs> yeah. all that. She thought it was going to be that. No, Deep Forest was at that time, I think it was 92, around the year 91, 92, uh -huh. was probably the originator of world beats, quote unquote. So, so it was like a beat tape. So it was a beat tape of this is like this, you know, this. This this old white dude who just was really inspired by hip hop breakbeats. He traveled, you know, his he made his whole career just traveling the world and things like that, and finding about different tribes and uh, getting really? audio recordings of their uh, their you know their tribes and maybe songs that they sing like lullabies and whatnot. And he would you know eventually take that back to the studio, chop it up, and sample it. And put it to like you know maybe the old Clive Stubblefield like do do get to get to get to get and he was like the first guy really like taking fucking sound sampling it using it to make 
beat. Oh no, no, not, not that the guy. First but guy but not that's that that was Molly Maul close to that era. But but, but <laughs> early guy. Well, like, he's he, 92. 9192. He was one of the he was one of the guys who took the tribes like world specifically world music and world yeah. percussion and exposing who was doing that. that though, right? Yeah, like, that part. That? Yeah, he was he was one of the first guys to do that. Do you know that. what this guy's name was? Deep Forest. Deep Forest. That was his name. And his project was self-titled, and <laughs> my mom did not know it, and she originally wanted to take the tape back, but I was so in and love it with it. Fire. <laughs> that, it was fire at the time, and and for me, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. And as a kid who wasn't really uh, a baby, who wasn't really in tune with the uh, or attuned with the English language just yet, mm-hmm. it all. And I was so young and and not so in my body yet that just resonated with my soul mm-hmm. and i didn't know what that was what was going on as a kid but as a man always recalling you know those times you know every time i even hear a track from that tape which was like the thing i think sparked everything wow uh i i always stop and text my mom just like yo listen to that tra- track again or that that artist again or uh i see uh i saw something about maybe that cassette tape recorder even to i think still to this day on my instagram there's this little shout out it's like a little mr microphone thing where i just thank my mom i'm like this is one of the greatest gifts besides life that you have truly given me in the material yeah you know oh man yeah that 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 inspired everything and then i'm always wanting to i've always been like ever see that movie master of disguise oh dude such a great movie okay that's one of my favorite <laughs> kid, kid movies that i watched for real okay i, I thought we were yeah. about to really hit the Bro, gas on it i'm like let's not gas it up too crazy it is it's, it's a kid's movie dude it's hilarious okay though. All, all i'll say is like you know i kind of have this thing like i'm a, I'm an audio audiophile i'm like pistachio yeah. where the main character yeah, he yeah. had this thing where if he hears something he and it's new it. Like he can't, he has this impulse where he can't help but like try to imitate it and understand what he's listening to. So I was that since a baby. So hearing that mixtape just to like uh, get to the point there, um, I would always beatbox and record myself beatboxing and and maybe like you know sing along to tape that's already playing and trying to you know emulate those sounds that I heard, even drum grooves and beats. So yeah, man, that that's uh that's wild. Yeah, that's a Genesis of Trey right there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, so that was as a young kid. What about um your teen years? In your teen years, did you start like developing your own music? Maybe start playing in in your own bands as well as the, the church because that church definitely probably built such a yeah. such a strong foundation. I mean, yeah. it's evident in in you as a musician and your performances and the music you make yeah you know the fact that you're like this two instrument this multiple instrument being (laughs) yeah you play the drums and singing you know and just like um so what about your teen years like did that really kind of start developing around then uh not exactly making beats per se um i started making beats around maybe like 2011 2012 mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lying uh that's between my career in high school so that's 04 to 08 but uh we'll put a pin in that just to answer the other question real quick um my teen years 
I'll say, I'll even say preteen years, middle school was pretty good for me. Um, that's when, you know, and middle school in general is when you start realizing there's a world outside of your house. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, I grew up listening to only gospel music and was introduced to jazz, which was, you know, by happenstance one night when I was a kid. But other than that, middle school, you know, pop punk was like really big. And I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. And my fascination with other genres really was only driven by playing drums and extending my skill levels and uh, my insight on what playing drums, you know, happen to be in different worlds and paradigms of thinking. So what intrigued me at the time was pop punk, but that was only for a week until <laughs> one kid thought it was like, let's scare the black kid. All right. You know, uh, what do you think about, you think that that's really cool. What do we think about this? And plays like the most demonic satanic, like death black metal that he could, which is like the band was deicide for the metalheads out there, uh, which is like the first song was like called what's upon a cross blast beats. And I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be like scared of this, but I'm like too turned on by the drums. Yo, like I'm like, that's, that's a real drummer. They're like, yeah. I'm like, how's he playing the bass drum, the kick drum so fast. He's like using two feet. I'm like, you can use two feet, you know? And like, you know, I was more into, into the, I'm like, I looked at it like, man, dynamics, almost like, you know, that, that faithful Dragon Ball Z episode when you realize like, this isn't my final form (laughs) and and you find out Goku was as badass and you thought Goku was so badass and he goes, I'm going to turn Super Saiyan and Vegeta turns Super Saiyan and it's like, oh my God, there's another form. So I was more intrigued and turned on by the. Right, that because there's you were a world so that, used to, uh, you know, yeah. one style of playing, if you want to say, call it that, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, um, or ways of thinking. And then know? just, yeah, in, in, t- in turns, yeah, the style of music is a certain way of thinking, I suppose. And then, mm-hmm. you know, probably at a 12-year-old age, getting exposed to that type of, and you weren't thinking about the, what most other people think I'm like, oh my God, it's just so, who's singing this crazy music? Who's, you know, what is this yeah. devil shit? Yeah. Especially like a church kid. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But man. instead, it was, you were just focused on the dynamics of it. You were really, you yeah. were hearing it for what it really was. Yeah, man. Not for what it's perceived to be. Right. Because, like, you know, uh, also, you know, growing up in the church, it's like, I was fully aware that there's music out there besides gospel, but I wasn't attached to it or, into it and nor was anybody you know around me really into it so i learned that if i do get into certain things originally the mentality was just to block out the lyrics and what they're saying and just focus on the musicality you know in the beginning that's you know how i got into a lot of things so metal ruled my life for a long time and and then went back to the genesis of gospel and jazz for a while after that mm-hmm. you know um but yeah metal was was if anybody knows both i feel very complex you know metal and jazz yeah they are gemini twins really they are born to me if you ask me spiritually they're born of the same womb hmm. uh in the sense of complexity and expression only thing that's different is that 
jazz tends to be more of a free thinker. Yeah. It's the sensitive sibling. Right. Whereas metal is more like it's like two different emotions. <laughs> yeah, two different emotions for sure. But with similar structures. Similar well, uh, mm, jazz is way more free. Yeah. And and in structure where it, it it can choose one day kind of like the world now is like, well, well there's no like there's no like freestyle heavy metal jams, you know? That's that's But if there yeah, were, yeah. now what about, you know, Led Zeppelin or something like that, you know? Led Zeppelin still had jammy Exactly. And that was more like that. Would you say that's more jazzy than metal? They were inspired by jazz musicians. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and you know, it, that era of music, there was something in the water and the atmosphere for that it's the era. Golden, of music. golden age, right? Yeah. The golden age of, well, mini genre, not hip hop, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. But, uh, but golden age of a, a lot of, a lot of genres, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the rock and jazz world. Yeah just so free and uh that heaven we spoke about earlier you know uh on stage and jamming with everybody that to if i can go back to that real quick and digress it's i for those who don't know i've I've run with a few others i've run a consistent jam night for years at a spot called the funky buddha who in its latter years turned into mad robot brewing company Mm -hmm. which was a once a week jam night yeah and that's where i've met such great individuals like roman the stoic over here (laughs) and uh many other artists okay and all i have to say is that uh when i'm hosting those jams normally because there are not many drummers on in the room I will sing and play drums and kind of help the stage be what it is. And all I have to say is this, you know, that piece of heaven we're talking about is really just me trying to bring the jazz influence of stage etiquette and musicality, like in ways of thinking as a person, not even just straight up just musicality and what i meant was this uh especially in jazz but music in general miles davis once said that music isn't the notes you play it's a silence in the music that makes music what it is it's a silence between the notes Hmm. to be a great musician means doesn't mean that you can play things super technically calculated and all this other stuff. It actually just, the greatest musicians are just listeners. Hmm. So the moments that you can recall where we're all just in sync and, and uh, maybe you're rapping in a certain cadence and da, 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 you know, and I'm there with you and, Random beats, and right with you. And then other people, we're all listening mm-hmm. to each other and we're letting each other have a platform to speak. Yeah. Kind of like jazz, where yeah. a lot of people don't understand jazz because of that reason. Because it's really the best way you can describe jazz as really a group of people that happen to have instruments, really just having a conversation with each other. Just as this conversation now, 
where we're passing the mic to one another. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a thesis statement there, and that's always there in the music and in this podcast, right? But we everybody has their chance to listen, and then everybody has their chance to elaborate and uh, give their point of view. And sometimes those point of views might be in concurrence, or sometimes there might be a disagreement. Right. And every, you know, and at the end of the day, it's all good. Yeah. But it's interesting, man. At the end of the day, it's about the camaraderie of having a conversation in the first place is what makes jazz and music, live music, beautiful. And then, of course, <laughs> you get those kind of uh, people in conversation that just only want to talk to be heard and right. hear their self and implement their ego. And, and, and that's to... evident. You mm-hmm. know, you see that. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a very wonderful analogy on that. Thank you, sir. To, yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it sucks. I, I'd really like to f- like find another funky Buddha, you know, like that really was a special, special place. Yeah. Um, where, you know, I think I started going there on the open mics and somehow were you, you were doing the open mics too, or you were there at the yep, open mics. I was there. Yeah. You um, passed me out your, your tape at the end of the day with the pineal gland pop profit. Yeah. I'll That's never a long that. time ago. Yeah, Holy man. Shit. Yeah. Throwback. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, man. And then on the off nights, I would go to the other, I think, the true open mic that was the non-musical. Mondays. That's where you no, – uh, when did those start? Because that's that's once once I started going on Mondays, that was it, man. I was yeah. like, this is, this is what it is. And that's where, like you said, that's where we had conversations as mm-hmm. musicians and mm-hmm. – you know, it was, it was crazy. We could have a guy playing the violin and, you know, a guy rapping and a guy fucking <laughs> playing piano and another guy playing drums and bass. And it was vibing. Yeah, we know? had some outlandish shit, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'll never forget. There's this one musician named Doug Tesler. Great guy. Beautiful soul. I'll never forget the first time he joined. He went to that jam. Ah, uh, I got to be honest. He, he, he. You know, remember in elementary school, usually it was like a prerequisite, like in music, to have that little plastic recorder. Uh-huh. Just like, kind of like Squidward, you know? Right, right. He brought that bitch out. He's like, like his wife came up. He's like, hey, I don't know how to get get my husband on there, but I my husband, he, you know, he plays music as well. He plays sax and all this other stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me sign him up and get him up to the jam. And he comes out with this plastic like acrylic see-through yellow no something got looks like he got it from the dollar store but way. i wanted like it looked like a toy he got there but just jammed and rocked Did he down crush on it, it? yeah oh man. i felt God. like i was back in the 60s you know when people just bust out a flute and rock yeah yeah and you just get so many different so many walks of life so many different viewpoints and ways of thinking mm-hmm. so many different belief systems all in the name coming together all in the name of music yeah and the beautiful thing about those nights were uh there it originally those nights right before i started hosting it was originally just a jazz night but then um a good friend of mine uh miles he ended up uh taking it over for a brief amount of time and made it an open format open jam and i adopted that when he passed the torch to me yeah. So what ends up happening is it's like you get everybody that plays anything from rock to jazz yeah. to hip hop to 
this, that, and the third, all on the same stage, and which was even more beautiful to me because back to that conversation, it's us trying to sometimes we're, we we speak different languages, but mm-hmm. that beautiful sense of understanding each other and uh, truly hearing and seeing each other when we're on stage and sharing the same space which is warm and loving and inviting, you know, uh, which I tried to keep implemented, you know, on the, on the stage mm-hmm. with everybody, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing, man. It really is. And yeah, Funky Buddha was definitely a, uh, local gym of South Florida for yeah, a good while. It, that's a good way to describe it too. a gym. You know, yeah. you go there, you work it out, yeah. right? Yeah. You work out your material or you work out, yeah. Your just expressions, right? It's just how you, you know, want to go out there and fucking let it all out, you know? Yeah. And then towards the end of the day, you know, I hate to say, but towards the end of the day, you, you've gotten some people that, uh, you know, tend to have the musical elitist mindset or the gatekeeping mindset and may have been turned off to the fact that I ended up, it in, at towards the end of it all, like the last couple of years, I ended up just more so embracing the people that trying that are trying to figure it out. Right. Because I realized, especially in the latter years, like it was for me, it, it's therapy. Yeah. You know, uh, true therapy for some people where some, some people I found out, you know, meeting so many different people and that some people don't have a voice when they're not on that stage. Right. Some people hate to get get be a downer, but some people might, you know, you don't know what in general, you don't know what anybody's going through, mm-hmm. right? But just the stories that I've passed through where, you know, oh, thank you for running this jam, man. This is like in in short, kind of like their only reason to keep the week going. Yeah. You know, it's the beginning of, the jam was always in the beginning of the week. It started on Mondays and then ended up being on Tuesdays. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of like the jam that some points have been the solace for some people where it's like, because of the vibes that I got from then the, you know, the uplifting of spirits that I've gotten from this jam, like I can now carry on through the rest of the week. So in hopes to come back next Monday or Tuesday, just to, yeah, just to do it again and do see, it again, see the same people and trying to be better yeah yeah man yeah those are very it was definitely a very special spot that nurtured you know up-and-coming artists you know yeah definitely trying to keep it very nurturing Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people that you know trying to figure this out i've never been on it before and you know kind of help them through every now and then you know you get some people that you know kind of like when you're trying to have patience with a child they'll roll their eyes and I'm like, dude, come on, man, bro. We'll get another jam like right after this. Just relax. It's cool. Yeah, that's what it is. Not you know, not everybody's patient. Yeah. And you know, it's also people are, are are different when handling stress. And some people might be real angsty about going up, and you know, maybe they're nervous or whatever, and they come off as brash or impatient, and they want to, um, you know, they want to just go, and they'll give you attitude or whatever, but. 
Yeah. And like you said, that elitist type of bullshit, but that's – it's people, right? It's just um, not everybody is going to be as open-minded. You know, and and uh, a downside of the music is, I don't know, maybe – I'm sure there's that type of rivalry in, amongst musicians, you know, mm. people that play actual musical instruments. But in terms of like hip-hop and rap and stuff, mm. I feel a lot of – coming up not all the time i've always been you know a lot of people have embraced me most i want to say mostly everybody has really embraced me as a rapper as a hip-hop artist you know as they should man you're the shit as an mc thank you and um uh you know but i've definitely had moments of animosity of you know i felt i've felt rivalries or i felt like people that didn't you know i don't know just just changed their uh, vibe towards me because you know in a sense they saw me as a threat or something like that but it's like to me it was always like man i'm just i'm just stoked to have peers i'm stoked to have people that i want to work with or that you know i feel like could push me to become better you know and and um i feel like that's what it what it truly should be about you know everybody's so worried about being the next back being the next big thing and you know yeah making it in right in this fucking harsh what should be this or what is thought of as this harsh uh, industry you know when in reality it's like these moments that we're having um where we are communicating just by these vibes by these frequencies by the music that we play Mm um you know that's that's what's special and that's what it should in a sense be done for what you're creating what you're tapping into what you're giving off to the world you know yeah man uh i I agree i feel like in general though if you're if you're not making music purely because it's something you're in love with i i don't you know i feel like it's just not gonna last all that all that yeah all that extra shit's not gonna last because you're in it for the wrong reasons you don't you don't make music to get famous. And to me, I feel like if you do become famous making music and stuff like that, it, it, it's like, I guess you just have to ask yourself, like, what are your priorities? Yeah. Like, what, what do you, what do you, what are you in this for? Because for me, I, I don't know. I just. Here's another thing um, that I try to touch on, on like, you think in terms of music, like, this is something I kind of struggle with. I feel like some of these big artists, for example, Cardi B or someone like that, I feel like they should have a little bit more of a responsibility. You know, they should hold themselves a little bit to a higher standard to want <clears throat> to produce better music in the sense of what what it is you want to leave behind and what it is you want to tell people. And I could be totally wrong, right? Hmm. Um, but for me, it's like, if I was just like heard by billions of people, I would want to make sure that what I'm leaving behind is is something beneficial and positive. And this could sound cheesy as fuck too, no, but that's cheesy. just how I look at it. It's like I'd rather put out something good, like Bob Marley. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of vibes, like yeah. put out something good for the world, not not of something that is uh, I don't know. I feel like I've I've got this conflict with hip hop and 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 
mm-hmm. I guess, in terms of how I want to express myself in music, where it's like, that's my medium. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm so conflicted with it because of how what popular hip hop has become and not all of it right we got j cole's fucking fire album that just dropped Mm -hmm. that you know proves to me otherwise right right but there still is that element do you feel as like some artists should be held account not held accountable but hold hold themselves to a bit of a higher standard i saw this interview about daddy yankee back in the day Mm. and you know daddy yankee's the fucking Mm -hmm. prince of reggaeton Mm -hmm. and and from Puerto Rico and, you know, mm-hmm. banged countless women. Right. And his, <laughs> and his, and his music has <laughs> always been should. about that, about banging women and this and that. When he had kids, when he had a daughter specifically, he cut that he, shit out. He, cut that shit out. Um, he said, yeah. look, I've, it hit me was like, what do I want to leave behind? You know, now I have a mm-hmm. daughter. Is this what I, the music I want to leave behind to yeah. other, other people's daughters and stuff like that, you know? So he yeah. just kind of, you know, he still makes fire music. He's just, <laughs> Changing his perspective, you kind of grow up a little bit. Do you yeah, think you know maybe be. some more artists should be should be more responsible with that? Yeah, Daddy Yankee didn't want to be the the butt of that joke where they go, "Whose man's is this?" Yes, <laughs> yeah. He's like, um, fuck, I don't want her dating some guy like me. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a few things, man. Uh, I will say for semantics, um, and this may come off as gatekeeping, but a lot of things that are on the radio isn't actually hip hop; it's rap, and there's a difference. Hmm. Um hip-hop is more of a culture and the spirit of it all and rap is more for the clout and the the money and shit right but anywho's i digress right cardi b she knows what the fuck she's doing she's not i feel like there's a slow remorse that's creeping up because she doesn't even want her daughter hearing her music right when like i've heard like stuff like where wop will come on or something her tracks will come on at the party, to and then her her daughter will walk in or whatever, and she will like shut the whole thing down because she didn't want her daughter to hear that. Mm-hmm. So that's just say a lot about you. But yeah, I spoke day, that I spoke about that in a previous podcast where I said uh, one day her daughter is going to have the intellectual maturity to know who she is, right, and listen to right. who she who she was, you know, and then right. that's something that she's going to have to go through with yeah. her. So I'm not much for bandwagon opinions. That's no no shot to you. Oh yeah, no no. But that's just me fucking. Yeah. <laughs> but to finish the point about being her, high. Finish yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Witchy. Finish the part about uh Cardi though. She she her reply to a lot of that is that I make music for adults. If you want your kids to listen to my music, that's on you. Which there is a level count I. I will start by saying I feel there is a level of account- accountability that you should have as a person and for what you put out. But I will say that at the end of the day, you know, uh, I also agree with Cardi on that. Mm-hmm. And I will also end up forming this opinion by saying I believe that all of the light, the don't worry about a thing to mm-hmm. – Wet ass pussy. I feel mm-hmm. like all of that is appropriate because it's all a part of, of who we are, of who we are, and different experiences, yeah. different cultures. And I feel like there's not a wrong answer in it. I feel that because it doesn't resonate with you as a person, mm-hmm. means that you treat, you know, have that information doesn't res- resonate with me, and then throw it away. Right. 
I, I, you know, I'm more, and I have been for, for years now, more so about letting everybody live their life and me choosing when and when not to give a fuck about things. Right. You know, so even with a lot of the politics and social politics and things that go on, I like to be missed with that a hundred percent because <laughs> you know what? That's your life. It's not mine. Yeah. It's paying your bills. Maybe it ain't paying mine. Mm-hmm. I have my own life to live and to be consumed with something that doesn't affect me. And it's none of my business to begin with. I can't, you know what I mean? I can't formulate opinions on that otherwise, or I'd rather I choose to opt out on it rather, you know, I just feel like who knows that, that, you know, as far as growth as a person, maybe you need to get to WAP to depend on where you're, you're at and where you're from. Maybe you need to get the WAP to understand a greater and higher learning. Mm-hmm. It's all relative. You know, that's why we don't feel only one emotion. You know, uh, it's all appropriate to me. For Just sure. Be good. How about this? Be better parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah be that's better what parents. I've said before, right? It goes yeah. back to that same argument. Yeah. Be better parents. If WAP come on, you if you don't even like Not the, that anyone's kids should be listening to me either. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's whatever. You, you know? know, I make music for older, yeah. older crowds, older teens, maybe. I think at the end of the day, we're all just talking about mindfulness anyway. Right. I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sometimes I get like cranky old man syndrome. Oh, you're getting yeah, you're getting there in age. I've been there. Welcome to the club, man. I, I'll give you a t-shirt on the way up. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing. It's like um, this ain't you know, up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Your mid twenties, you go through like a not a midlife crisis, but a, like a mid midlife crisis. Mm. You know, oh, you already had your quarter life crisis. Quarter life crisis is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what the mid twenties crisis is like. I gotta get my shit together. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I remember sitting my homeboys down when I turned twenty five. I'm like, bro, we ain't getting any younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, you were right. I got five. I got five more summers until I'm thirty, man. What am I gonna do, bro? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bro, what is my life looking like right now, bro? What can I say for myself yeah. that if I were to die tomorrow, God forbid? I truly accomplished in life versus my dreams and goals. Right. But you have been. Am I happy? Do I have, you know, uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, you but know those, I'm nowhere. Those conversations with yourself, you know, part of being human, part yeah. of being a responsible human at that. Right. I mean, we're all just thrown onto this fucking floating, spinning rock. And people <laughs> think they, they know, you know, what the fuck's going on when we just really don't. <laughs> You know, in retrospect. Yeah, man. And you know enough to know what you love in this life and what to pursue. And you've been doing it for, God damn, your whole life. I didn't know that much, you know, since a young child. Yeah. That's that's such a beautiful story of, you know, having, you know, just somebody recognize that at such a young age, man. That mm. really is crazy. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's a beautiful thing about kids and, you know, I work with kids. I see young kids all the time you could really see glimpses of who they could become mm-hmm. at times yeah you know i i do recognize that yeah. right and um yeah it's crazy man yeah man potential and now is that something that you have done in the past or maybe now like if you ever considered giving out lessons 
to younger kids or anything like that or charging for lessons man look at god using the universe to go ahead and just remind me to start giving out lessons for drums and stuff been so many synchronicities with that lately um before no to be honest because of the old man syndrome uh um i will say in preface that oh man we don't have that much time do we no you're good you're good uh i'll say all the time in the world with with the old man syndrome is for me i do you know i say what i mean i mean what i say a lot of things and transactions with me 99.9% 99.9% are the most sincere transactions you can get with me. There's no fake stuff. So for me, in relevance to your question, is that I haven't given out lessons because I would be my fear is that I'm gonna be upset if somebody's not putting as much effort into it as I am. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could always have fear about certain things like that, but you know, I mean, I started teaching skating lessons two years ago, mm. right? And, you know, first I really was doing it more so for the money, obviously the opportunity. Yeah, I skate mm. and skate my whole life. Might as well teach kids. Mm. But aside from the money, I think it's more of like you're mentoring these kids. And, yeah, not everybody's going to not everybody's gonna take to it. Mm. You might be giving some kid the realization that, hey, music isn't for me, you know? Yeah. And you might be giving a kid the realization that, like, if I work really hard at this, I could be just as great as him, mm-hmm. right? And the special thing about mentoring young kids, you know, or even teens, is that you're passing down your knowledge, like your uncle passed down his knowledge, and mm-hmm. the church passed down their knowledge to mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and has, you know, given you the gifts and the skills, and you know, through your hard work and your dedication and passion, yeah. And it's a very special thing to find, you know, Mm. others like that. And you can, you know, if we ever, you know, it goes back to that midlife crisis, quarter life crisis of, you know, what have I done with my life? Well, that's a very special thing to do. Mm. In my opinion, could be a very special thing. And I've said this to many musicians, hey, you should fucking do lessons, you know, (laughs) but and not and, you know, I've I've noticed that not not everybody wants to take, you know, do the do the lessons. But I never um, took lessons. Yeah, and you know, I never, no one taught me how to fucking skateboard. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But now I teach kids, and yeah. I can I can be a little too lenient. I feel like, mm-hmm. and maybe those are some of my fears. Where it's like, yeah, I'm a little too lenient with that. Maybe I'd like to be more. You know, like what your fear would be is yeah. more. You know, um, not disciplinarian, but but serious about it. You know, right. I feel I'm not saying that I'm not serious okay. when I'm teaching kids, you know, the, the kids out of skate. I am, you know, I take it serious. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, no one taught me, you know, no one taught me how to teach kids out of skate either. You know, I just mm. fucking been shredding my whole life. Just <laughs> like you've been shredding at the drums your whole life. So yeah. yeah, it's a different, it's a different thing to do, but is rewarding in the sense of, yeah, that is. I've, I've worked with kids for years outside of music, though. Used to be a camp counselor and do after school care and things like that for years for the city of Deerfield, I'll say. And uh, yeah, man, it uh, just, I don't know. I guess for me, I don't have that spark to want to nurture 
in a particular individual anymore mm-hmm. just because I feel like most of my 20s at least have just by living through example and having those things like summer camp and and uh you know after school care versus the funky buddha and the jam night all right. that is exactly what we're talking about right you know uh it's just not sitting one-on-one with somebody and going all right this is a paradiddle rudiment you know and right. breaking things down right um on the lessons though i guess i'm old man syndrome we're just gonna call it that today old man syndrome for me my life is it's like it realizes that a lot of things are resource versus you know you know you're you grow up thinking that money is a resource you know and then you end up learning about time which is a resource Mm -hmm. and energy (laughs) is a resource yeah and 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 so on and so forth. And there's a few, there's a few of these resources. It's hard to, you can only invest. You can't make them back. They don't have passive income. Sometimes they do, you know, and I guess for me, realizing how precious these things are, especially when it comes to time and energy, back to the sincerity, it's like, I feel I would be kind of upset if I'm giving my all and somewhat being vulnerable to somebody to instill in them or share knowledge or experiences of what they're trying to obtain Hmm. and them to throw back and go, you know, like that kid that's only there because mom's forcing him to stop playing video games. Yeah. You know, it's like, why are we here? Yeah. My time, my energy could be served better. Yeah. By, you know, uh, instilled in someone else who really wants this knowledge, who's thirsty for this knowledge or whatever, or just my time and my energy, right? Of course, that, you know, that way of thinking can possibly uh, say, well, you can't have the money resource. (laughs) But to me, it's getting to the point where my time and my energy is very valuable. Here's a secret. We've been saying a lot of fun facts, right? Fun fact about me is that I like to feel that I am a very huge empath, right? Which means that <laughs> uh, I'll say I'm in it. I'll just leave it at that. You can Google empath later. I don't want to. That's too big of a. You feel like you feel a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel a lot. I'm like trying to find a, <laughs> trying to not turn this into a TED talk. So what ends up happening is the reason why I mentioned that is that. It's a, it deals like a lot of, with a lot of energy and with the whole teaching thing, I, I would have a hard time trying to, uh, let go of the fact that, you know, my energy and time is wasted and taken for granted mm-hmm. because when you perform live for me it's a very empathic experience especially in the cover band scene cover band scene you walk into a bar with your band of course that you know not at random you're booked and you kind of depending on the crowd you know depending on the venue too you really have to rely on that that energy which 
as we know, is hard to replenish sometimes. You know, you have to rely on that energy in order to discern and feel what the crowd is feeling. You know, do they want Bon Jovi or do they want Bob Marley? Do oh, they're not liking that country tune. Let's let's go to Poison by Belbev DeVoe. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm too high. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> high thoughts. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, it's just a lot. It's I don't know. I'm just very conscious about my energy. Yeah. Cautious and conscious. About no, I, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, um, the, the you, you value time, you know, you value your time. And I've been there, you know, specifically with jobs, just regular jobs. But I've even seen it with the jobs that I really thought that I would, you know, be enjoying. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't enjoy them, but I do see the times where, hey, my time's not being valued the way I'd Mm -hmm. like it to be valued. My talents aren't being respected the way I'd like them to be respected. You know what I mean? Right. Um, You know, and I, you know, it's all, I don't know, man. We're just all figuring it out, right? Right. And so with me, it's like for the last, shit, I want to say five years, it's really been like maybe longer, probably since my early 20s. Um, it's really been, how can I just live off of my talents? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. You're talking about time and valuing time. And one thing that I found, I do, I do really love, you know, my different disciplines, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that with mm-hmm. Art, creating art, drawings, painting, you know, that. Now I teach kids how to do that. Skating. I skate, of course, by myself or just going out with homies. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I teach kids how to do that and then music. But at a certain point, it's like I am so divided and I've been juggling three different disciplines for so long that I almost maybe haven't haven't been giving enough attention to one, Mm -hmm. you know to really perfect and master something or, or, you know, achieve the next level that I really have been looking for in all three, you know, mm. um, those are just thoughts that I have, you know, within myself. It's like, fuck it. And for, for this past year, what I've been seeing most economic, I guess, or whatever, the one that's been getting me the most opportunity really has just been, um, the drawing, you know, mm. the art. And skating too. I gotta say, skating has made me a lot of money in the last year. No word. You know, not not a lot, like a lot of fucking money, but yeah. more so than you know I'd, I'd ever thought I would, unless I was yeah. some sponsored skateboarder, right? It was. It's almost like I'm a, right. you know, at the very last tier of a sponsored skater, right? I'm making some some cash from it. That's what's up per week. Congrats, bro. Um, but that's just. But that's also because I took the opportunity i took the risk of saying okay this might be a waste of my time and at times it did feel like it was a waste of my mm-hmm. time teaching kids that didn't want to be taught that or this and that or mm-hmm. and being at summer camps but at the end of the day it's it, i feel like it's just leading me closer to where i need to be mm-hmm. you know i've i've gotten thoughts of maybe eventually i could open up my own studio do legit art classes like mm-hmm. you know character design and you know stuff that i like to fucking do and teach people how to do that you know and you know not 
and not necessarily have it to be for an older crowd, but have it to be for a more serious crowd. So I do feel mm. you on that where, mm. you know, if some mom is willing to pay you a lot of money, but it's just to some kid who doesn't want to fucking learn, yeah. then it's a waste of time. And it's good money, but it's a waste of time. See, that that see, this is why this is where it becomes the battle in my head. This but is, is it a waste of time, right? Because exactly. it gives you, like I said, it yeah. could give you opportunities. It depends on it's what, all how what you look at things, it for, right? And that and what you're doing it for. Mm-hmm. Me, I would sincerely be there to actually educate. But for somebody in the same example who was just there to make money, then that was a no-brainer. Yeah, come on, Johnny. Let me just teach you the da 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 Oh, you didn't retain what I taught you last week? All right, cool. Well, you know, and move forward and get the money. Me, I don't know. Um, like, But at least you're giving an attempt. What if little Johnny follows follows along, you know? Yeah. He kind of learned to and, work with people and, and with their skill level, let's say, you know, and... I guess where I'm at now is more so discerning what, you know, the, you know, whether it's worth the investment or not. Right. So let me ask you this then. With your time now, like Mm -hmm. you said, you know, you got your gigs Mm -hmm. and similar with the the art jobs and stuff. I have a lot of free time during the day, Mm -hmm. sprouted throughout the day. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say all the time, but Mm -hmm. I work odd hours and you going to do shows and stuff that's working odd hours you got a lot of time in the day mm-hmm. what what do you like to dedicate your time to i know you said making beats and stuff is it something particular you've been working on this past month this beat tape you're gonna drop but mm-hmm. is it you know is there something maybe a little more band a new anything uh, new yeah well this beat tape i'm, I'm dropping now it's they're more i like to call them compact creations um delving into that craft has been more so therapy for me which is why like if you look at look me up there's not so much stuff between just what i've done for you and with you and stuff that i released myself you know uh it's been therapy for me it's been something sacrosanct it's been something uh it's literally what for many years i've spent my free time just doing and discerning about talking about discernment of investing like group of friends come on man uh we're going to this club and da 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 and bad bitches and yeah 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 mm-hmm. i go is this really gonna be is it like whatever is whatever i'm doing whatever the situation is is that it's gonna be taking taking me away of what I like to do yeah. and what I love to do with or without anybody looking. So does this thing that's trying to pull me away from that, does that, is it going to be worth choosing that over what truly fulfills me and gives me joy? Yeah. Very dedicated. Almost like a monk with it. You know what I mean? Oh, because you know what? Not yeah. that it's a wrong, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just yeah. a very interesting, uh, you know, approach to it. And, I see. I like to think like that too, you know. Yeah. But I sometimes I'll I'll go out too or whatever, you know. We all have yeah. like almost like a balance, you know. Try and find yeah. a balance, but yeah, yeah, you know. I think also to me, it all stems from discipline, man. Discipline is what it's, the word is. It's because I it, I'm at the point where it's just like a lot of my priorities are things that get that fulfill me, my spirit, 
my body, my mind, and more so, you know, give me joy, you know, uh, and I feel that in following those things, the, the checks and things like that kind of follow, be, you know, from that joy, yeah. because your focus isn't on the bag, the mm-hmm. bag comes to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that saying where they go, it's not who you know, it's who it's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? right? And then I always never like somebody told me once, and I'll never forget, it's not even who you know, it's who knows you. Hmm. Because if you're focused on what you love and what you do, and some people see that, you, you're not, if you're because of your focus, you're not always aware of who truly sees you in the flow of things sometimes sometimes they you know might come after your set or your show or maybe where they saw you at or dm you and go oh man i, I really loved xyz thing you did man I'm, I'm... many times disguised as a beautiful woman uh, yeah uh, <laughs> a temptress of sorts yeah <laughs> well that's your life you we go suave over there being <laughs> And literally look like a <laughs> roster kind of type thing. It's weird, but uh, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, you really, you're right though. <laughs> but you get, <laughs> I can't even cap. But anyway, <laughs> you get a lot. You get a lot of that, you know. Or sometimes some people might be too too timid, or right. Who knows? It might be a hater, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. where they they're not gonna like your whatever this you posted or come out to your show and da da da. da. But they see it and they low key do respect it. So all I have to say, like sometimes, um, you never know who knows you, yeah. and that can actually get you to a bag. Back to the funky Buddha thing, dude. I will say, many of my, especially in my my twenties, many of my musical relationships, uh, no matter how deep and, um more successful financially uh more financial uh opportunities they've all derived in some way from those funky buddha jams yeah uh the connects i made or people that i didn't connect with but remember me from there and go oh you'd be the right guy for this gig you'd be the right guy for this job you know i'm not really much of a facebooker but every now and then i'll log into Facebook and get my name tagged a few times where right, people just some, some, some random post. Anybody know a good drummer? Anybody know somebody who DJs? Anybody know uh, a spot? And, yeah. and then no, people like, think tag you. me. Well, I mean, you're just that good, man. Uh, and I'm, from, and from what we've talked about, it's like, you're just, it's just who you are, man. You're the, you're the fucking guy. That's why they're like, you're the right guy for this. <laughs> I, I've never seen such a good drummer. <laughs> I, I appreciate the love, man. I, I'm uh, not. I'm but not, it's true, man. I mean, you know, it's for gonna... someone to do it their whole life, you're no doubt a master at what you do. I am by far no master, sir. Thank well, you. Well, you can always, you're going to always grow <laughs> uh, and learn, right? I was, you know, watching this, the David Lee Roth uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. David Lee Roth still takes guitar lessons to this day. Mm. Right, just because he's his brain, he just wants to learn. Right, right. The man just wants to yeah. keep learning, keep learning new songs. Yeah, because he says if I if I'm out at a bar and some you know all of a sudden somebody hands me a guitar, I got to be able to do an hour. You know. What I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he's still got that spirit. You're always gonna keep evolving and keep I learning. Chew. 
Morning down the avenue. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as as far as like I think what a human being is capable of in you know in um for how long they do something, you are no doubt a black belt. You know what I mean? You are ah. no doubt a, a master right now. All right, man. Uh, this is getting. The, <laughs> I really think. <laughs> thank you for that, but I, I just, but it's true, dude. Well, here's the thing, man. I'm. I guess because you perceive it, so the reason why I feel it is is more so. The mentioning of the wanting to learn, mm-hmm. and which goes back to the the making beats thing, which is why the making beats thing was such a priority to me. It was all me learning in uh in so many different ways you you learn the music that you're so passionate about and maybe if you're into making beats you go oh i love this producer this producer this producer those the black belts of the genre right Mm -hmm. and you're like man i wonder how they i wonder how they they got to you know how they did this technically how they where their mind where their mind was at and the headspace of you know why they flipped that sample that way or what they maybe the sample choices of what they took or maybe the the patterns they used and you you try to learn and make beats and do all that and after a while maybe you understand those things and some people we go well i know it all no Mm-mm. no you don't for me where i'm at now is more so appreciating the beauty within myself, mm-hmm. self-love. It's mm-hmm. weird because it's like, it's like, you know, you have a catalog of music at this point. Have you ever gone back to like maybe something years ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe the Genesis, maybe Pineal Gland, Prophet. Yeah, for And sure. listen to some of those tracks. And then, I don't know about you, like I've, I've had, maybe I've, you know, was smoking with a homie or whatever and one of my beats was on <clears> in the car and I ended up having a moment where I stopped and kind of like psychoanalyzed myself. I'm like, wow, man, that was that time when I was in this place and this time. And this particular situation meant a lot to me. And making this beat, I really feel empathically that that's where that's coming, you know, th- that situation or time was coming from. Yeah, you knew exactly you what, know. what fueled that. You know, yeah. it's interesting you say that because I had one of, I don't know, maybe 20 podcasts ago. I had a podcast where I went through, you know, it's been a decade of me making music. Mm-hmm. So I went through 10 years of, you know, creating songs as hip hop or whatever. And I went through it, you know, chronologically through the timeline mm-hmm. of you know, from when I was 16 to now, to my latest shit. And, you know, after, and I kind of pick like one or two songs from each time period. Hmm. And I'd play like a little bit of it. It's on the podcast, so you can check it on Spotify. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I'd play a little bit of it, and then I'd explain exactly what you just said, what mm-hmm. what I was feeling at the time, what I was going through, what inspired mm-hmm. that, who I worked mm-hmm. on that with, you mm-hmm. know? Um. And yeah, it's just insane to see the growth, uh, the the time to look back on, wow, what was going on at that time? Wow, I sounded like that. You know, damn, I made that or, you know. Not once did I really cringe. It's more of like just looking back 
mm. enjoy that it's like this is very special what we yeah. get to do you know and to create and to you know make things with such emotion and passion you know yeah yeah man uh, it's not everybody gets to do that shit when i said it's therapy it's definitely therapy um so all i have to say from what i was saying is that uh making music and beats for me these days has always been therapy first it's been medicine for me you know some people get professional help and have the means to do that and i i condone that if if you you know are struggling with anything or you don't have anybody that truly listens to you and you can afford to definitely get help you know get get a get you know get a therapist get therapy there's nothing wrong with getting therapy there's even nothing embarrassing about it nothing right? embarrassing about it it's it's a wonderful thing me personally by you know you know we're sitting here making well at least i feel like we're sitting here making like living as a musician a very lavish thing there's there's a lot of grind and gritting of teeth that go home with it too it's tough it's you know yeah i pay my bills and my rent and all this other stuff with what i do and i'm blessed with that and i give thanks but you know sometimes you're living paycheck to paycheck and especially with these recent times with covid and all that you know and you know the headspace gotta last a little longer that that and just like you know the headspace that that derives from or is inspired by all those things right Mm -hmm. um making beats for me has always been my therapy where i get to reflect and truly understand myself deeper and my connection with uh whom i i feel i serve as a creator i believe in such things you know and having those conversations with god maybe maybe i made a beat or making a beat you know on my patio just watching the you know looking at the backyard with the sun shining and the headphones on maybe hookah in the other hand and just mm -hmm. just straight up just listening to that beat a couple times even especially after you mixed one you feel it's mixed and just reflecting yeah. and and having those conversations and sometimes you're listening technically and sometimes it becomes meditation mm -hmm. like you know mad lib uh, one of my favorite producers ended up saying like really it's i do it because it's a form of meditation it allows me to get closer to myself and the universe within myself and and the universe and god yeah. you know yeah that's the beautiful thing about the arts man mm -hmm. um that's something I try to to the listeners, to the audience. I try to push that um, finding something, you know, to to do that, to you know, to express yourself. Whether it's art, music, it could be fucking working out. It could be do do something, you know, whether yeah. it's active or or mentally active, right? Something yeah. stimulating outside of work, you know, or talk to somebody, or talk to somebody, you know, or form podcasts and, and vent, you know, like I, like I did, um, you need, you need forms of escape. These things, they become therapy. Why? Yeah. Because what you're describing is you're trying to live as much as you can in the moment, soak it all in and create what you create yeah. from that. You know, and when you're, when you're describing, you know, making a beat and just like the raindrops and, and feeling yeah. all that and trying to be present, yeah, it, it's very similar to, a painter 
looking, oh, yeah. you know, looking outside, hearing the birds chirping, feeling the wind in, in yeah. his face, and while he's while he's painting, what he sees, yeah. <clears throat> or what he feels, you know, or like, what he feels, and yeah. what he feels, right? Yeah. What he sees, what he feels, yeah, man. You know, and this leads me to the next question: mm. Have you ever done DMT? <laughs> yes, I have. I have. You, you strike me as a man like you've done DMT. I've it done could it. be this fucking wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Peruvian poncho that you've got wearing, <laughs> looking ayahuasca like, head, looking ass. like shaman dark, <laughs> shaman uh, dark. Man, that's a hell of a segue, dog. <laughs> um, yeah, have you ever done and DMT, huh? I, I've done it uh, twice, but in the, in only one session. Ah, uh, same. Yeah, a lot of people. I don't know. Kind of the type, the segue hand in hand. Uh, the it form some people, you know, look in the needs of people forming and trying to find an escape and things like that. It's just like, dang. find who they are, right? Yeah, or find, find who they are, whom you know, who and they are. yeah, and and like, uh, I was gonna say, dude, as long as you're not, and there's a time and place for everything, and sometimes we can't help for those those routes to be destructive. But if you can help it, bro or gal, miss, sir, them, they. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 all, Zers. <laughs> all, 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 all that shit, Jit, homeboy, homegirl. Anyway, um, try to find a positive way to mm-hmm. where you're not destroying yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to go into your the answer your last question, the MT question. Um, I that was a, a particular time in life where I was going to like local drum circles oh, and yeah. whatnot. I'm sure that shit. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up having a homegirl. I had like a pad that was near this one drum circle. So at the time, and I had a few friends come over, and uh, I had a homegirl who happened to have a pen, and I was like, "What? Okay, that's what we're doing now." And <laughs> okay, uh, and you know, I haven't really. I haven't done any psychedelics. I always wanted to really? do shrooms, but th- anything so natural. You went for the big one right away. Uh, I mean, but and it, those pens are crazy. I, n- I never did it as a pen. I'll, t- I'll yeah, tell you pens my story are crazy. after. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's it's all. I, I guess I'm more into anything that's organically made. You know, mm-hmm. uh, DMT is a chemical we naturally produce. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, why not? We did it. And a lot of people who tend to get high, depending on what they're getting high on, kind of look at it like I'm in it for the trip versus I'm in it for myself, you know? And uh, in sharing this truth that I've done DMT, some people were like, oh my God, what was the high like? Was this? And what I was going to say was, the trip was wasn't crazy. Um, I've always felt that I've had a good constitution since I was young, and a lot of reassurance of whom I was as a kid, and since since like younger age, and I know a lot of people don't have that blessing, and they're figuring things things out as they go about their identity and having identity crisis and whatnot. But mm-hmm. for me, when I did DMT, uh, the greatest analogy I can say without describing trips and things, cause it's more feelings and visuals. It felt like you got into the perfect, like you dipped into the most perfect hot tub 
something not too lukewarm, something not too hot. Your perfect temperature with the bubbles going, ah, uh, not, <laughs> not literally like it wasn't bubbly and yeah, warm. But just I mean, what you feel like what I'm feeling and your body and, feels. Your yeah, body what my body feels, right? Changes. But let's check this. That hot tub that you dipped into was yourself. Yeah. It, 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 it I just felt like I was in tune with all the dimensions of me all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really what you see when people, you know, do that stuff. That's, you know, you do have the people that are just kind of are more so in looking for the trip and yeah. understanding what the trip is. And then you also get the people that are, have no idea who they are, have pains that they've never been able to fully get over, you know? Yeah. And so my, my DMT experience, I'll say, because I've never said it on the podcast. Mm. Um, Thank you for this. But I went to, uh, you know, I was living with this girl at the time who, who really helped me out with a job and everything. Shout out to Candace. Mm. And um, she wanted to do DMT and she had found this shaman lady. And she was just following the signs, right? And mm-hmm. uh, she had found this shaman lady that was doing these like ritual bufo toad DMT toad venom. Mm. Like, yeah. So I get there. First off, they're asking us to wear all white. I was already like, kind of like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And they're making me wear all white. Like, why does it matter? <laughs> uh, and so I was like, whatever, wear all white. I'm going to this crazy cult meeting. And we go out there. <laughs> And everyone's wearing all white and this mm-hmm. and that. And that's what I saw, you know, a lot of older people who probably never really knew who they were or never accepted who they were or never mm-hmm. tried to become who they really were mm-hmm. and were now coming to terms with it or trying to figure it out and this and that, you know? Yeah, and, and what, so this is how it went for me. Like, I think I went third and the first two people knocked out for like 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. They're smoking the toad venom. They fucking pass out. One guy was like holding himself, shriveled up in a ball, like crying. Another guy was fucking crying. So the first two guys were just like both crying for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. in their trip, right? Like gone, like just laying down, but like arms up in the air trying to touch stuff that wasn't there, right? Oh, and I'm shit. seeing this and I'm like, what the fuck? fuck yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so no. then it's my turn. And this shaman dude, he it's weird. He kind of looks like me. Like we probably have a distant fucking father or something, <laughs> a great grandfather, somebody that just fucked back in the day. You know what yeah. I mean? Because he kind of looked like me, or like he could be a relative. Mm. And um, he you, he gave us this paper. You know, it was like reading about peace, love, and acceptance, and who you are, and blah blah blah, and all that shit. Right? Just like something positive before you go into this mind melting trip. Right? Mm. And um, they had two sides, an English side and a Spanish side. I said, fuck it. Let's read it in Spanish. Everyone else here is in English. I'll try and make it even a little more mystical. <laughs> I'll be the fucking, I'll yeah. be the brown guy. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so yeah. I fucking read it in Spanish. I take this fat hit of the Bufo toad, Alivaris toad venom. Right. Right. Mm. And, uh, I hold it in instantly as you're, as you're like breathing it in. I closed my eyes. I uh, could I could almost see all the smoke filling my lungs and my yeah. lungs expanding, right? Yeah. I open my eyes. The guy that I'm looking at, who kind of looks like me a little bit, 
just like an older, shorter version or something. Mm. He he's like moving back and forth like this. You could see the trails of light yeah. of him moving. Oh yeah. He's also transforming into a tiger. <laughs> oh. Like his face is kind of like also at times showing up to me as like a tiger. Mm. I'm thinking to myself, this is fucking crazy, right? But I can't talk. And all of a sudden I start hearing noises, right? Like mm. different, different sound, not noises, but different sounds. Mm. First sound was like birds chirping. Mm-hmm. I really could notice like, it was like almost like mm. everything went silent. You know, when you go, when it goes like, like that high pitched, like silent noise, mm-hmm. it all went like that. And all, and then I started hearing birds chirping. Mm-hmm. And then I heard like this, oh like this strong ohm that just kept mm-hmm. growing and growing the whole time this ohm right mm-hmm. and uh and then i started hearing little like little fucking whispers and shit mm-hmm. and uh just all these sounds just kind of started coming together mm. and i felt like okay this is like a whole different frequency that I have never tapped into, mm-hmm. right? This is like I'm feeling a whole different side of Earth, planet Earth, basically. Mm-hmm. And I lay down, you know, I kind of don't feel my body, but I kind of do. I felt conscious the whole time, you know, and all mm-hmm. this, and it felt like a long time that I was just laying there and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I spring up and I look at the guy and I'm kind of coming back and I already, I still see the visuals a little bit, mm-hmm. but. You know, I'm I'm back mm-hmm. and I look over and the other two guys are still out. The first two guys are still mm-hmm. out. And the shaman guy's like, Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, I'm fine. Like, mm-hmm. was that it? And he's like, Yeah, are you okay? Like, you're supposed to be down for at least like 15, 20 minutes. I said, mm-hmm. How long's it been? He says, It's like been two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then I just got up and started walking around, dude. And I was like yeah. talking to him like perfectly. I was like, do you think I'm a shaman? Because that was fucking crazy. Like <sighs> these people are out, you know? So that yeah. was my experience with it. And then we did a second hit after everyone, like 12 people went and through that, yeah. right? One by one, 15 mm-hmm. minutes each, mm-hmm. except me. I was the only one that was like four minutes or something. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just felt like, you know, I knew who I was. I always knew who I, who I've been and what I like to do. And, you know, I've just been comfortable with who I am and, you know, to me, it was just like a crazy, a crazy experience. I found it very interesting in the sounds that I heard and what I felt, you know, I felt, you know, the, the, the astral, like those geometric patterns and yeah, shit, that, that shit is real, bro. Like, that's you. crazy, man. Sacred like geometry. whoever designs those computer sacred geometries, dude, you got it on point because that's that shit is wild. Yeah. You got it on point. How yeah. do you do that? And, yeah. um, and then I also noticed the grass because we were outside. The grass like was static, bro. Like I could mm-hmm. see that shit. Like zzz, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a very bizarre, interesting experience. And you got in touch. Would with I do it again? Guys. I don't know. Um, you don't know. I felt. Here's what the thing is. I feel like I'm, I'm so conscious that I my my own consciousness didn't even let me enjoy it. Like. The other people, not to even say that they enjoyed it, yeah, right? Because yeah. they didn't look like they enjoyed it. Yeah. But I was so in control of my consciousness right. that I couldn't have the fucking 5, 10, 15 minute experience. trip. I yeah. had a two minute experience and that was that. Yeah. And and dude, they were giving people hits. They would come around and let me clear yeah, the pipe. 
Yeah. So I was like, I had like a steady buzz and the, all the shamans kind of kept coming up to me, making sure I was good. And yeah. they like, they like took a liking to me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this yeah, what these people do? They, Just smoke this shit all day with these people? It's nah, crazy. They, they probably just realized that, uh, as you said, you're probably a little more in tune and in depth. I feel like people uh, do. And I was the youngest cat there. Right. Uh, age age on the physical that has nothing to do with that type of stuff. Mm, I see. And not at all. Uh, what you got in tune with was your actual spirit guides. Um, a lot of things that I've felt even empathically with you since we've met um, in the spiritual, people looking over you and uh, with you at all times and kind of protecting you and guiding you towards certain things and could be also your sacred ancestors as well, you know? Yeah, that's what people say that they experience through that. And the girl that I went with, that's what she experienced right. is that she that's what she described mm-hmm. that she got in touch with her family mm. that's not like her physical family it's so yeah. strange to think about yeah i don't know if i had that experience right you did. i had you know from the way i perceived that experience was i was in another realm not a, not another realm but like mm-hmm. Just a whole nother. It's like if you tuned me to a different radio station. Yeah, you're you're yeah you're in a different. But I was still in the same spot. But and I knew I was still in the same spot. But it was like if you just tuned me to a different station, then right. I was like using a, a whole different part of my mind. I know exactly what you mean, man. Yeah, you're just tapping into the almost me- the primal. When I do, and I've done psychedelics, right? Mm. I've done. You know, I've done the acid and stuff. And similarly, so my first experience with the acid, Mm. so, and and then doing the DMT, I feel like that DMT is that 10-hour trip of acid condensed in 10 minutes, right? They just punch, they just knock you out in the face with it. Oh, man. Because the the acid, you get to experience the whole thing in its entirety, Mm -hmm. in its phases, yeah. Not all at once overwhelmingly. You know, it yeah. could be overwhelming if you take a shit ton of acid probably, but yeah. If you take a tab so of acid. Don't come back from that. I did it when I was eighteen mm. and for the first time. And uh man, instantly when it hit me, did a hundred push ups. Like L S D. Yes, dude. Yeah. Instantly when it hit me, I did a hundred push ups. I was so in tune with my body. Mm. that i was like doing flagpoles and shit outside i was jumping over trash bins like and mm. what i felt like was a fucking tiger like what i what <laughs> i tapped into was this like primal state of being in a sense where it's like i was super conscious of what i'm doing i you mm. know i was still being like i don't know conscious and, and commun- I could communicate with the people around me everything mm. was fine but i was definitely enjoying that trip yeah and i was so in touch with my body that i was doing kind of like above normal shit that i don't do on the often you know but i knew that i could do it mm. and um yeah i just tapped into like this yeah, inner tiger dude this yeah. inner like inner primal state of being where it's like if that if I was out in the woods, that's how I want to be. <laughs> if I was out in the woods, I'd probably want to hit acid to just be ready for whatever the fuck is about to come. You know? Oh shit! That um, sounds like a, a movie. It <laughs> sounds movie. like one of those. those but B-movies. overall, Netflix. it was a great. It was a great experience. The first <laughs> half is really the physical, 
the last half is the mental, the, mm. the crazy coming mm. to terms and understanding of whatever might be going on in life. It's mm. not something that I suggest anybody does on the regular at all. It's definitely something no. that maybe the strong-willed, the people who know who they are, the people who are looking to maybe just, you know, that extra need of understanding, take it. You know, once in a blue moon, once every couple of years, if you want to, you know, you know it's, what, uh, man, I, I don't, you know what, as good as, as those experiences are, and thank you for sharing too, you know, I don't think that psychedelics is for everybody. No, not at all. That's not, that's what, not what you're saying. All. I know that's not what you're saying. I know that's not what you're saying, but what I'm saying is if you can find other ways to tap into yourself without doing it, do so. Yes. Like you can get that's the, same... the most extreme way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. and it's a different experience for sure. Yeah, I looked at it. I always looked at psychedelics as a cheat code. Right, it's like it's like cheating to me. Yeah, I feel like you can achieve the same things through meditation, but those things in itself are a discipline. Yeah, take time, take hard yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah take man. patience. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then little things too. You know, like practicing empathy and mindfulness. Mm. every day to eventually allow you to tune to the to those frequencies to where you can actually experience some of these moments that what roman is explaying but maybe yeah, sober well, what has know? shaped my life hasn't been the trips you know yeah yeah no no no, no. Yeah, i man. think you know i think that really it just comes down to like you said the, the time that you want to spend now you've realized that what you should do and that's how you want to spend your time yeah. And so those are the things that are the therapy. Those are the things, you know, that's the true, that's what's the true meaning of life right there. Not fucking going on some psychedelic trip. The, that's just a, a reward of what we can do in this life. Yeah. Is, the, you know, the, uh, the free will. If you kind of not will, saying yeah. even to expand your consciousness, cause yeah. it might not even do that to people. You know, yeah. I, I, I did that and I'm like, oh, I don't fucking feel like it did that. You know, yeah, if yeah. anything I said, it brought me to a primal state of being, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I dipped in. Like I said, the, uh, minimized it as like the perfect hot tub, but that hot tub is also yourself. You right. know? So, you know, just right. try to minimize it as I could much as i could right and it's how you you know yeah. it's how you look at things yeah. but you know it's all about the loves and the passions for for what you want to do in this life so so long they're beneficial you know if your yeah. love and passion is to take acid all day you're going to just be tripping in a you're room you're going to think right? you're an orange 24 7 schizophrenic yeah was, yeah so people <laughs> don't come back from that and on the topic of mental health though uh yeah i am dropping this project called summer july 31st but i will say that i'm more excited about the project after that and no that is not the project that you and i have going on right because that's like a side yeah yeah, it's like a side project yeah but um the project uh i've been jotting down ideas and just going through my beat catalogs and things that i've made and back to that psychoanalysis thing that i do with myself and reflecting and i've come across a lot of beats that uh, reflect uh, the topics of mental health and uh, maybe med- more meditative music that cater to maybe tougher emotions and things like that. And uh, I'm more excited to release that. I, I uh, compiled the the tape already, and it's going to be called Dear Friend. Okay. Like a letter, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be catering towards 
you know, just more of the deeper concerns as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, some are going to have lyrics, some are not. And um, yeah, I'm hyped for that too. Hell yeah. I look forward to hearing that. Um, so you got Summer dropping July 30th. Right. 31st, yeah. 31st. Yeah. July 31st, we got Summer dropping. Yeah, man. And then after that, look forward to Dear Friend and probably other projects from Mr. Trey Dark. Yeah, there. Probably a lot of singles. And uh, there's a huge project on the way, too, with a lot of – finally got a chance to connect with a lot of my favorite local rappers around here. And I don't want to just minimize it by saying local. Some of my favorite rappers around here in general. And finally getting to connect with them and – uh releasing music so i guess uh if you can follow me on instagram at trey dark productions that's t-r-e-y um i always give you information on what i'm doing and what i'm going through oh yeah <laughs> yeah well thank you for coming over to the podcast man i really enjoyed our conversation yeah man um always a pleasure yeah pleasure's all mine man i, I gotta say man it's it's been a pleasure myself just watching you grow uh, in and out of the music as a person all these years. And, um, you know, it's an honor to be on this podcast, man. I really uh, appreciate you and your life and what you mean to me and the music that we've created together, man. And, you know, and really, I got to give it to you. You are the primary and sole purpose of me truly wanting to collab with you know, uh, rappers and other artists, you know, because of your love and passion for it, that reflects as well. And, um, it's like those moments where I'll make something I'm like, ah, man, nobody's going to want to rap there. This is crazy. This is nuts. You know, like, yeah, I was thinking I could do the, the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, man, all right. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. And like, we, we have always just remember also remembering those talks back in the day that we always had those moments where we're like, Oh man, that'd be a crazy project. Like mm-hmm. the chakra project. Man, uh, I'd love to. Still, still all great ideas. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I would love to, as the men we've grown to be. Yeah. Uh, grow, uh, more so, love to rehash some of those ideas with for you. For sure, man. for sure. And hey, now we're fucking neighbors, so we might yeah. as well just start kicking it more. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt. Yeah. Well, likewise, man. You know, thank you, thank you for. You know, I'm pretty sure you were the first, like true musician to have me up on stage with them mm. realistically like i think really it was you just being like yeah hop up yeah. freestyle over us yeah you know giving me the opportunity to do that and yeah, do man. that and over and over every week you know mm. until you know i felt like i was hanging in there with you guys yeah just you know playing playing something and performing you always giving me opportunities you know yeah. you've always you've always i really do appreciate that um so yeah everybody check out at at Trey dark productions um check out the new b tape <laughs> and check out almond milk <laughs> yeah and, and uh, uh thank god it's over i released that in january 1st so hell yeah yeah man but uh thank you for having me duder no problem thank you for being here bless you all right everybody peace Yeah. 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 Motherfucking ghost child. Roman is stoic. Motherfucking ghost child. 
Ever since a kid, I knew the most. This lifestyle is wild, but it's the path that I chose. I'ma go and get it. Watch my money grow. Even through my music, even when I'm a ghost. Ever since a kid, I knew the most. This lifestyle is wild, but it's the path that I chose. I'ma go and get it. Watch my money grow. Living through my music, even when I'm a ghost. I'ma show you all what you wanna be. I'ma show you all what you wanna see. I'm the one you call for the final thing. So before I fall, I'ma spread my wings, baby. I'm a ghost child. Ghost child, yeah, 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 baby. So high, I go through the sky. Other rappers scrutinize. Wet cats move aside. Watch me make it happen with the tools I utilize. So who am I? Who am I? Got your chick saying ooh la la. This is true confidence, don't mistake it for foolish pride. To me, this is do or die. I'm just too damn high. Until I rise, you cannot deny that I be sick with it. Still lifted and kick flipping. Don't be surprised when your chick's missing. She's at my studio watching me keep ripping every single track that Trey's mixing while I got their feet kicking. I keep hitting like cricket, I'm never missing on point With my precision, don't toy with competition I'm poised, ready to get it It is my choice to bring you this noise and I don't regret it I'm in it with every sentence cut Ever since a kid I knew the most This lifestyle is wild but it's the path that I chose I'ma go and get it, watch my money grow Even through my music, even when I'm a ghost Ever since a kid I knew the most Lifestyle is wild, but it's the path that I chose. I'ma go and get it. Watch my money grow. Living through my music, even when I'm a girl. I- I- I'ma show you all what you wanna be. I'ma show you all what you wanna see. I'm the one you call 